What's up, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Hello Ghostly Podcast. I am going to be your one and only host. My name is Ryan, or Hello Ghostly, if you are searching for me across the interwebs, and welcome back to another crazy banana pie episode. It's going to be a bit of a strange one this week, because we are the week after E3, where all of the gaming news was thrown at our faces. So now we kind of have a bit of a slow week. There's not a ton of news to talk about, but there is some stuff. There is, however, some video games that I've been playing, and one in particular in the form of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. This game is definitely one that I was excited to get to. I did take my time getting to it because I was playing Mass Effect. I was going through the trilogy, so I finished off that trilogy, completely completed it. Not really, I've not done all the achievements, but I've done, like, all of the stories and played the most part of them and had a fine time with it indeed. I will say... Mass Effect 1 and 3 are okay. They're okay video games. Mass Effect 2, on the other hand, is an absolute masterpiece that should be played by most people because it's such a good game. It's such a fantastic game. I don't understand how the same developer made 1, 2, and 3 because they're all somewhat good at different things, which doesn't make much sense. But number 2 is an absolute masterpiece. You should play that game. If there ever was a fabled 10 out of 10 video game... Mass Effect is definitely on the list to possibly be one of those games. But we're supposed to be talking about Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. I've been playing it. I've been having a great time with it. I did manage to complete it in a total of three days. It is shorter than what I thought it was going to be. It took me around the same time as it did to complete Spider-Man Miles Morales, which makes sense because it's from the same studio and they make good short games or shorter games as of late. They are fantastic games, both Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man. I love them both very muchly indeed. I enjoy the combat in this one. I think it's so fluid and very cool and very fly. There are a few problems I have with this game. For example, Ratchet and Rivet play exactly the same, which is kind of frustrating because I would love to see some different mechanics thrown in between each one. Maybe have one have a different movement or maybe have a special weapon that is just for that character. I kind of wish they did something like that. It makes sense in the grand scheme of things the way they did it because obviously you have to level up your weapons over time, you have to buy them. So it makes sense for you to then have a weapon and then still be able to use it regardless of who you're playing. But I do find it a little bit frustrating that there's not much of a change depending on whether you're playing Ratchet and Clank or whether you're playing Rivet and Kit. But I do like Rivet and Kit as characters. I think they're so cool. They're a nice dynamic difference to Ratchet and Clank. They also have a really in-depth story. And I like the depth to those characters. And I'd love to see more of them in the future. I hope they do do more of them in the future. They do kind of lay it up for a possible sequel. So I do hope that does happen. And I hope that maybe they take some stuff from Rivet and Kit and actually make them playable. That sounds kind of odd, I know, but you have to play the game to fully understand. But Kit, for example, has this very special ability that you see in cutscenes, but I don't think you actually get to use at all. I'm just trying to remember if you do. I don't think you do. So I think if they brought that into a sequel, that that would make this a very solid series of games indeed if they had something just to make them slightly different play slightly different to ratchet and clank you can still keep the puzzle stuff for clank that makes sense to me personally and still have ratchet and rivet do their thing maybe have a special weapon that is kind of special to rivet that would be cool or something in regards to ratchet have a weapon that's solely just for him 
but then have this special ability for Kit to give another layer of gameplay to those characters. I think that would be so cool indeed, and I hope they do it in the sequel. But overall, I would give this game a 8 or a 9 out of 10. I had a great time with it. I'm still a little bit sour on the price because I spent £80 for the Deluxe Edition, and that's a lot of money for a 15-hour game in my opinion. I'm still waiting for Sony to really go, this is why you are paying this extra money, because they haven't really earned it yet in my opinion these games have not been completely and utterly bug proof if it was a 15 hour game with zero bugs then i would be okay maybe it did earn that price because there is bugs here in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, it does kind of set it back a little bit for me. But that's just my opinion. I'm just a stingy person anyway. I'm kind of funny with my monies. That's just how I rule. But enough about me rambling on about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Let's get into some gaming news, shall we? Because there's been some interesting stories, definitely some different ones. And we're going to kick things off with one of those different stories. With Cyberpunk 2077 finally returning to the PlayStation Store. CD Projekt Red announced on their Twitter that the game is finally available on the PlayStation Store after a newly launched patch. The studio did confirm that the game is playable on both PS5 and PlayStation 4, as well as a next-generation free upgrade is still coming towards the second half of 2021. However, they did warn players that they may continue to experience some performance issues with the PS4 edition while we continue to improve stability across all platforms. Adding on to that, both Cyberpunk's 2077 Twitter and PlayStation's Twitter account has both encouraged players to play on either a PlayStation 4 Pro or a PS5 console when available to get the best possible experience. I personally played this game at launch on the Xbox Series X and I had an okay time with it. I did have a ton of bugs on that platform, but not as many as some of the other platforms I've seen. There's been some crazy ones. There was one that I ran into which was kind of frustrating that completely bugged out a cutscene. It was playing the cutscene, I had the audio, but everything was like an inverted like blue and black color and you couldn't really see what was going on it did fix itself though after a hard reset so i reset the game and i managed to get back in however i did not get to see that cutscene and it was a pretty spicy scene indeed i'm quite upset about missing it it was the scene with johnny silverhand doing some explicit stuff i'm just gonna leave it at that because that could be literally anything but yes it is a great game i did overall go 100 it fully i got every single one of the achievements i can't see myself returning anytime soon though unless they drop a substantial dlc like with some story content but cyberpunk is back on your playstation if you want to play it go play that thing go hit it up go punk some cybers and johnny silverhand some people that came out worse than what i thought it was going to do i thought there was going to be an actual sentence there but it somehow turned into an innuendo Enough of that, let's get on to some Blizzard news because they have announced crossplay is available in Overwatch right now. They have confirmed that the crossplay update is now available for all platforms on Overwatch. And if you want to play with other platforms, all you have to do is link up your console to your Battle.net account. Crossplay isn't available sadly in competitive mode. 
but it is available in Quick Play, Arcade and Custom. All players that do decide to log in during the year 2021 will be gifted with a golden loot box, which you probably could have guessed I got a golden skin that I already own, so thank you for the currency, Blizzard. Appreciate it, I guess. Can't use it until the next event, though. Thanks for that. Lastly, they also did add a brand new limited time event in the form of Ash's Deadlocks Challenge. However, with this event, they did increase the amount of wins you would need to unlock the skin at the end of the reward track. And that is now 27 played matches, which is a lot. However, if you do win a match that counts as two points to that played matches rather than just one so that's something but it's still 14 wins or 13 wins it's a lot of matches it's a lot of playtime there i understand why they would want to kind of drag it out a little bit longer but personally not a huge fan of that if you are wondering what rewards you'll be able to get you'll be able to get a player icon sprays and the legendary deadlock ash skin all of this will be available until July 5th when the event will end. I don't like this skin so much. I do like the deadlock version of Bob. They completely nailed that, but I'm not a fan of the Ash version. I kind of wish it was more Western than what it is. I thought there would be more to it, but there isn't. But anyway, it's still cool. We can mix and match our McCree deadlock gang skin with this one, and you can have your DPS matching, so that's nice indeed. Another thing that is extremely nice, and that is the next batch of games coming to Xbox Game Pass. These are going to be the last games that will be available for June, going into July just a little bit. Here is the full list of games that will be available. Worms Rumble on Cloud Console and PC, that's available right now. Iron Harvest on PC, also available right now. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered on Console and PC, available right now. Prodeus on Game Preview for PC available right now. Then on to the July 1st games, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts will be available via the cloud. Bug Fables, the everlasting sampling on cloud console and PC. Gang Beasts on Cloud Console and PC. That one is a fun one indeed. Definitely a really good time to play with some friends or some family. Immortal Realms Vampire Wars on consoles, cloud, and your personal computer. And then lastly, Limbo on cloud, console, and PC. That one is a very chill game to play. A little bit dark in nature, so maybe not something you play around family, but still great game regardless this list though does contain one other game technically if you are a game pass ultimate member you will get access to space jam a new legacy the game that will be available on july 1st however it will be free for everybody on the 15th of july so it's kind of like an early access you can play it earlier which is very nice indeed i'm looking forward to checking this out if you do want to pick up that game though it will be available in the perk section of Game Pass Ultimate so you'll be able to go in there download it have a great time the perk stuff in Game Pass Ultimate is kind of extremely underrated there is some cool stuff in there every month so I'm kind of glad that there's more stuff being added to it sadly however there will be some games leaving the service on June 30th and they go as followed Battle Chasers Night War on Cloud Console and PC Marvel vs Capcom Infinite on Cloud Console and PC Mist Over on PC Monster Hunter World Cloud and Console that one hurts very muchly indeed because my daughter plays that game with her friends and I don't think her friends own that game so there's going to be some sting there I might have to go mention that to her after this actually to kind of give her friend a bit of a warning but anyway I digress Out of the Park Baseball 21 on PC 
Outer Wilds on Cloud and Console, Soul Calibur 6 on Console, and The Messenger on Cloud, Console, and PC. It's all sad the games leave the service, however, it's not all doom and gloom because the Xbox's Game Pass Twitter has been seemingly hinting at a possible addition to Game Pass in the form of Judgment. Judgment, if you don't know, is a fantastic spin-off game in the Yakuza series. It is very good. It is kind of where they're pushing their beat-em-up style stuff from the Yakuza franchise, where they're now taking that away and then going turn-based with Yakuza, and then moving their beat-em-up style over here. Judgment is absolutely fantastic. Do not sleep on this game. It just sold a million copies, and it makes so much sense adding it to Game Pass, considering Sega has been adding everything in regards to Yakuza to Game Pass, and this is a spin-off of the Yakuza series. But anyway, the teaser that they posted on Twitter, I think it was, is they put 280 characters, and then it had a picture with a literal list of 280 characters. And in there was things like Master Chief, your normal characters, things like that. But you also had characters from the Yakuza series, like Kiryu Kazuma. But very neatly was thrown into this was Takayuki Yagami. He was just thrown in and he is the protagonist of Judgment. So what I think this is hinting at is that Judgment is going to be coming soon. It's going to be possibly dropping on Game Pass in July. I think it's going to be their big July game. I was kind of hoping that this would be an August game because it makes sense to me personally having the new game drop in September, otherwise known as Lost Judgment, and then have the first game coming out in August. You have all August to play this game and then you've got Lost Judgment. But if they're going to be dropping Judgment into Game Pass in August, it just makes so much sense to me. I hope they do because it's such a good game and I personally think that lots of people should go and play it. It's 80 hours of just amazingness. It's just a great game. Go play Judgment and Yakuza Like a Dragon. Go do it now. I'm never going to stop shilling those games, so if you ever want to not hear about Yakuza and Judgment, then maybe you might want to go for a different podcast, because I love both of those games insanely. Talking about something that's insane, though, in the men brain, and that is EA acquiring Playdemic from Warner Brothers. They have purchased the mobile game studio for a total of $1.4 billion. The studio is known for Golf Clash, which apparently is a very popular mobile game. And in regards to EA's plan for the studio, they're apparently going to get them to help build out future mobile games with mechanics from Golf Clash and other franchises. The sole reason for the purchase is kind of unknown, but it's most likely to gain ownership over the Golf Clash IP because it's a big golfing game in the mobile space. And then maybe having the studio make a possible PGA game for mobile, it just makes sense. EA does tend to have this thing where they like to buy out their competition in some form of fashion. They've done it recently with Codemasters. I'm pretty sure they bought the Dirt 5 developers, if I'm correct. I'm pretty sure they bought them recently. Could be wrong on that front. But they basically like to buy out their competition so they then can have the sole developers working in that space. So it does look to be the case here. The most interesting part of this acquisition to me, though, is a quote from Warner Media, where the company says that it is divesting from Playdemic as part of its overall strategy to build games based on Warner Brothers' storied franchises which honestly could mean absolutely anything but my guess would be is to refocus 
on game series that are doing well for them that they know and that they own. So maybe this is a possible hint that Lego is going bye-bye, but I don't think so because I do think it's a moneymaker for them. But I think things like Harry Potter that they have the rights to make and Mortal Kombat, as well as the numerous DC properties that they're making games for, such as Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League or Gotham Knights, I think they're going to be focusing on them. However, there is a possibility that maybe they'll sell off some of these other things. If they do sell anything off right now, I think it's possibly going to be the Lego games or even the Mortal Kombat with Nether Realms. But those games are known to do well. So it's kind of like one of those things where do they, don't they? We're going to have to wait and see. But it is very interesting that they parted ways with Golf Clash and Playdemic because that's a series that has done well for them on mobile. So maybe, possibly... This entire thing is the beginning of the Warner Media Studio fire sale, or it could be just a refocusing on games built for console and PC. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, we'll find that out shortly, though. And on to our last news story of the day. Halo Infinite's first multiplayer season will be getting some details because they have been revealed via 343. So they released some details for the first season of Halo Infinite's multiplayer in a recent Inside Infinite blog post on their Halo Waypoint website. Halo Infinite's first season will apparently be themed around the Heroes of Reach. That's the name of the season anyway. Halo Infinite's head of creative Joseph Staten said the following... With the launch of Halo Infinite's first multiplayer season, at the center of our plans is a goal to deeply root your multiplayer character in the larger Halo universe and give them a vital active role in the Halo story moving forward. This I like the sound of. It sounds like every single character in Halo Infinite's multiplayer is going to have a part to play and it sounds like they're definitely going down the line of Fortnite where they have a ongoing story throughout the seasons and I'm all for that. I kind of wish that Apex leaned into it a little bit more than they do. They have kind of leaned into the story a little bit, but it's not enough for me personally. I wish there was more to it there. But anyway, I digress. Staten also added the following. Reach has a rich history. It's a key location for Spartans of old and a focal point for a new generation of Spartans preparing to wrestle with the perils and mysteries of a galaxy that has fundamentally changed after the events of Halo 5. Halo Infinite's first multiplayer season takes place at a transformational moment in Halo history at the pivot point from one generation of heroes to the next. In this moment, your multiplayer hero is waiting just off stage, geared up for battle and ready to spring into action, and their epic story has yet to be told. That just sounds so cool to me. It sounds like they are going to be focusing on bringing story elements from Halo into the multiplayer, and I'm just all there for that. I genuinely cannot wait for this game. It has been a long time since I've been excited for a Halo game, and I just cannot wait. I genuinely cannot wait. I'm ready to move on to something new. I'm enjoying Apex a ton. I love the gunplay and gameplay in that game, but they've been doing a lot of things as a developer that I don't like, and I'm kind of done with it, if I'm honest. I do hope Halo Infinite catches my love for Halo once again, and that we get to have a great Halo game, and hopefully we will this coming holiday. But that is going to be everything for this week's episode of the Hello Ghostly Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. We'll be back again shortly with another episode of this gaming-related podcast. I hope you have an awesome week slash weekend, and I will catch you in the next episode. But as always, until then, Ghostly out. Mm-hmm.